Hello everyone. You've got a different voice today. <laughs> Welcome back to Blunt Instruments. This is Jake and I am joined like always by my co-host Luke. Luke, how are you? What's going on buddy? This is going to be a fun episode. It is. So if everyone's wondering why you're hearing my voice at the beginning and not the standard beautiful voice of Luke, it's because mm. today's going to be a bit of a different one. So we are on episode 25. See, I did my research and actually worked out what episode we're on instead of the normal oh, nice. on episode yes, 20 fucking something. Um, <laughs> and in this episode, I'm actually going to be interviewing Luke. So he's been trying to get me to do this in the intro for this for about the last six months so here we are yeah jake's finally done an intro um yeah yeah, we uh we talked about this and it's and no we're not running out of content thank you very much (laughs) but uh we basically kind of discussed the fact that you know we've had a lot of people on here and we've gotten to learn a lot about them and not just them personally but their uh experiences with bond but we haven't actually really discussed ours and um, I mean, we have we we have like we have like uh, privately, but we haven't um, on on a podcast at all. So we decided we were going to try to do that. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know what happened. The music just started playing through my headphones. Oh, nice. I, I don't know, know where I I don't know where it came from. <laughs> uh, was it Madonna? It was not Madonna. No, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, long story short, we uh we basically felt like we would um you know next one next will come out after this episode I'll interview Jake just so you guys can learn a little bit more about us going into the new year and then uh, we'll start diving into our regular stuff. Hundred percent. Well, let's get going. I think um first off, this is obviously going to sort of be released released in the new year, but. How's life going, mate? It's um, been an interesting year. How's everything going with you? Yeah, so, I mean, it's funny because obviously everybody's dealing with COVID, but in Michigan, I think it's worse than a lot of places. Like, for starters, as I've talked about multiple times on here, I've got relatives in Canada that I haven't seen in over a year because of this. We're not allowed to go over there unless it's work-related. And uh, my dad actually owns his own business, and he's gone over to Canada twice to um, to meet with customers. And the first time he went, of course, my nieces were like, bring this, bring that, bring this, like gifts and things that they had sent to our house, whatever. But um, he was, he was of course, a little nervous that they'd give him a hard time going into Canada. And, and they actually did. Canada, um, you, normally it's a U.S., like anybody in in Michigan or Canada that travels back and forth will will always say that the U.S. is the uh, the asshole side of the border, which doesn't surprise me. But um, Canada was like, you really can't do this over Skype. Like, you can't. Why do you have to come here? So you know, unless uh, you've got a really good reason to go there, we've got that. And then, um, you know, a lot of people in the U.S. don't have like a full lockdown and we're basically in full lockdown aside from uh, like, uh, let's see, the mall. We can yeah. go to the movies, which makes no sense because there's no movies out. And we can go to the casino, which makes even more like that's even stupider because it's like already one of the dirtiest places in the world. But uh, yeah, so long story short, aside from that, it's been it's been a good year. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Well, I think yeah. almost sort of going back to 
back to some of the things you're saying now. I know that we've obviously had a chat about this, but you live in Michigan before, you've travelled around a little bit. So you lived in New York, I think, before, didn't you? And yeah, I did, yeah. In Michigan. Yeah, so I was actually born in Canada, uh, moved to the U.S., moved to Michigan when I was about five. I've Technically, yeah. you can say I've lived in Michigan my entire life, but I did spend a year um, in New York City, like I think mm-hmm. uh, 2014 to 15. Um, I was in Queens for a couple months, and then the rest of the time we were on the Upper East Side, which really pisses me off because, you know, I was, of course, a giant James Bond fan at that point in time, too. I mean, that's only a couple of years ago, but I didn't realize that there was places that Roger Moore had filmed in New York. I didn't realize, I mean, like the Spyscape thing, that wasn't even there yet. Um, yeah. But, you know, all these all these guys on the East Coast, your Harris Thomas and Joe Darlington and David and all these guys living out there and Donnie, like I didn't know any of them. I didn't even think to try to connect with them. So that's kind of a bummer. You know, what would have been an hour drive is now a, either a flight or a, eight hour drive, but, but yeah, so I lived there for a while. And as far as bond goes, I did absolutely nothing. Actually, I did stop <laughs> Daniel Craig's house a couple times at the time he was living in like the village, lower Manhattan. Now he's in Brooklyn, but he was lower Manhattan. And I walked by it a few times. And, um, and I think I said this, I think when we had, at, or, uh, Harris Thomas on, but there was always an Aston Martin rapide parked out in front of his apartment so i just assumed it was his and we're just going to pretend it was his i don't know if it was or not but i'd like to think so surely you would imagine that they would give him a car wouldn't they like out of anyone in the world i know aston martin don't really go in too much for like brand investors and that but right come on who isn't buying an aston martin to pretend they're james bond right well the thing is too i i actually think we've i don't know if we talked about this with jason cam or what but um I think he does get one a year or something or, or like go get one right off the line. He's got something with him. He does have something, but it just, you know, it's Manhattan. There's a million rich people there and (laughs) there's, you know, probably 2 million people that can, you know, whatever. But it's like, I didn't see any other Aston Martins, but that one, it was parked on his street in front of his apartment. It's gotta be his, but whatever. So with that, you sort of talked about that when you were living over there, you didn't have too much going on with, I suppose, the James Bond community and and that side of things. So I know we've probably talked about this a fair bit and it's probably come up across different conversations. But how did you sort of, you know, decide, right, I'm going to start an Instagram page, I'm going to start YouTube, I'm going to do this, that and sort of everything else. What was sort of, I suppose, the the light bulb sort of moment for you that was like, right, I'm doing this now. Um, honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint it. I know it all started, like I've said before on operation Phoenix. And when I jumped into that, um, but the weird thing is it's like, I, I did follow David on my personal Instagram and he was the only person I really followed and kind of knew of per se. Like, you know, there's this handful of other people I knew of, but, Um, I don't know what it was that really made me decide I wanted to create the account and I can't remember, like I'm fucking a hundred or something. Cause it was like eight months ago, but I do know that by the time I logged in operation Phoenix, which I did see pretty much the whole thing. And I was there for the very beginning bonds apartment already existed. 
So, I mean, it was that day and it was within like the same hour, half hour, but it wasn't like I logged into Operation Phoenix and was like, you know what, let's do this. For something happened before it started where I was like, you know what, I'm going to make an account. I'm going to come up with a name and come up with a logo. And then I jumped into Operation Phoenix. So I can't remember what I, it had to just, Operation Phoenix was probably the main thing. I don't know if it was like, you know what, it seems like there's going to be a lot of people attending this and the community is a little bigger than I thought it was. Because to be completely honest with you, it never crossed my mind that David was part of a community. I just thought there was a lot of people that just followed David. I thought David was yeah. like one of a kind, which he is. We love you, yeah. David. But you know what I mean? I thought it was just like David Zaritsky, all of his followers. I didn't realize it was like a yeah. community of people with like a sharing of followers, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. I think that one thing that I always thought was it was probably like, there was only one person doing each little thing, which we now know is not the case. Like in terms of, for me, it was obviously David with more sort of the lifestyle stuff. There's also James Bond lifestyle, the actual website, which mm-hmm. just, you know, being a James Bond fan, I think you come across because you Google something and that's the first thing that normally comes up. And then right. for me with podcasts, it was like, you know, obviously Joe Dyanson and then also from Taylor's with love. Um, those guys and I pretty much thought that was about it and was sort of like oh god you know it'd be great to do something like this but I don't want to be one of five and then I think I went to I was definitely on that Operation Phoenix I think but I, I went on a few other ones and I think I was almost thinking I don't want to be just Jake who comes into this mm-hmm. I want to be part of this and that's probably where I don't know about you but you feel like you just become part of it instantly by having right. like an Instagram account that's something right. bond. Yeah. And for me, it's like when I, when I first got started, I was struggling with figuring out what to post and um, you know, what I thought people might want to see, but then um, you know, luckily I don't know what it was that hit me, but it's like you start to meet the people and obviously you and I met, but just like Chris Morales and Jocelyn and people like that. And, and you meet these people and you kind of see like everyone's doing their own thing. And I was like, I'm not, I had like a, you know, and there is still things that I try to follow certain like, um, routines, but you know, like one of the things it's like, I ordered that deck of cards from whatever the hell. And I ordered that like a month ago when that came out, they're still not here. I mean, by the time this airs, I'll have them, but it's like, if they show up today, which is December 23rd or tomorrow, like I'll post it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's not like, oh, well, it's Thursday and Thursdays watch Thursday. Like I stopped mm-hmm. doing that. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with it, but it's like, I was like, if there's already people doing this, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to keep doing that because, you know, it's like, I do, I'm fortunate to, enough to have some of the clothes and the watch now and different things like that. And to be able to hang out with like Jason Kim being in Michigan and you know, talk with you and things like that. It's like, I can post things that I'm actually doing or a part of rather than just reposting the same thing that somebody else is doing. So yeah, that was the one thing I I decided to do. I think that's a massive thing as well for anyone who's sort of starting off that you can break a formula. You don't have to continue. Like I know that at the moment with what I'm doing is like, yeah, I've got certain days that I normally did things but if something else is interesting or I can't be 
fucking bothered to do it sometimes because it does get like that as well you know it takes time right. to do some of these things you're not gonna sort of sweat that you haven't done your watch wednesday and suit sunday and all of that sort of stuff like right because I, I don't know about you but i think if you get too regimented it just takes the fun out of it and that's what this is all meant to be yeah that's exactly right and 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 a good example for you is so my most liked picture on my account is of Leia Sadu on her birthday. It's like 218 yeah. likes, which may be a lot to some people or maybe nothing to some other people. But the bottom line is I don't care, you know, because yeah. the thing is, so I started to notice that when I post pictures of the Bond girls, they get a lot of likes. So 218 for Leia Sadu. And then a couple of days later, um, it was Eva Green's birthday. And that one got like 107. But since that, I've posted, you know, for Barbara Bach's birthday, that was like 140 likes, uh, Katamarina Marino, and then um, Naomi Harris. But it's like, I'll post like the birthday things for these Bond yeah. girls, but I actually haven't posted a picture with a Bond girl since the beginning of October. So yeah. it's like, it's very obvious that those get a ton of likes, but I just, you know, that to me isn't, you know, there is no formula I follow. Like if somebody, if, if it pops up and it's somebody iconic, like Barbara Bach's birthday, like yeah. I'll either throw it on the story or if I feel like there's a lot I can say about that particular person, I'll make it a post. But it's like, you know, you with some people in the community might be like, oh, this Leia Sadu picture got 200 and something likes. We got a, we got a lot of fans of uh, women with gaps. So let's just post fucking Leia Sadu <laughs> pictures every 15 minutes. Like, no, I haven't posted a single one about her since. I haven't posted a Bond girl picture since the first week of October. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, if you fall into a formula, it's going to get dry and people are not going to not going to care. So I stopped doing that because the likes and stuff like that don't really matter to me. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's good to see as well that Leah Sado is still number one on the amount of fighters. I mean, I love her. Have liked, I, like, yeah, I love her to death. But, you know, you know, just she just does not seem popular, does she? Like. I feel like it's real 50-50 with people out there. People just got to understand that, you know, they say the thing about the gap. We're talking, it's so minimal. It's not like oh, a Michael yeah. Strahan thing. And she's also just like, got to be one of the top five most beautiful Bond girls. Like, just look at her from head to toe. Like, and if you need to, look up the nudes. They're everywhere. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know anything about that. Like, um... No, neither would I. No, <laughs> I Donnie, Donnie told me. Donnie, yeah, okay. God, I have no Donnie, filling our minds with smart. Um, so with that, I suppose you know I've got to ask the question: Where did Bond's apartment that name come from? Where was you know? There's a lot of niches out there. I think I just saw a new page that was like the flooring of Bond. Have you seen that? Which is, yes, which is awesome, honestly. Fucking brilliant! Like I love that stuff. Like that is like peak peak bond for me which is just like i don't i've never looked at the floor i'm not into floors right but someone is and that's brilliant but where did bond's apartment come from what was the the idea behind that um i wanted to come up with a name that implied basically everything bond without calling mm -hmm. it something like everything bond yeah you know and and there's people that will reach out to me and God bless them because they want to hear 
something about me and, you know, posting about things in his apartment or this and that. And don't get me wrong. I have done that because I didn't bonds apartment. Isn't 100% just all about bond. Like that part of him does fascinate me because it's something we haven't really seen. And then when we did see it in specter, um, you know, love or hate specter, the way they decorated his apartment was perfect. Like he's got yeah. this very expensive flat in a very expensive area but it's the most dull place. Like he's like, I am James Bond. I dress like a millionaire. Obviously I get paid a lot of money, but I also don't care about that. So I'll buy the nice house because I'm supposed to, but I'm not going to fill it with anything. You know, it is yeah. something I pay attention to, but a lot of people get the idea that the, the Instagram at least started based on me just talking about, you know, his apartments, <laughs> but yeah. it, it really has nothing to do with that. It's more so I just felt like, like if you want to know, basically, if you wanted to know something about somebody, like if I wanted to get to know Jake, just go into their house, see how they decorate it, see what's on the counters, see, you know what I mean? If he's messy, if he's not, what kind of car is there? What kind of clothes? Are, you know what I mean? It's just like, so I was like, it's an all incumbent, like everything Bond would be in Bond's apartment. Yeah, nice. I like that. I think that, yeah. <laughs> If you just did an Instagram account on Bond's apartment, you'd run out of content in yeah, about I'd be one of the, a week, uh, maybe. Like, yeah, I'd be one of those yeah. people that when I first started, there was a couple people that were like, well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get behind you if you're still here in two months. And there's yeah. there's been a couple people that are long gone, some that I really enjoyed, which is a shame. Yeah. But yeah, if I was strictly Bond's apartment... I mean, and there's people who have reached out to me showing me things, and I'm like, good thing I'm not, like, all about the apartments because I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, if I, yeah. If I stuck just apartment context, I would have been – content, I would have been long gone. I think something you said there really sort of, yeah, is interesting. Like, longevity with these accounts, I think that's what almost makes some of them stand apart from others for me is, you know – we keep banging on about him, but David, he's just been around for absolutely years. And the same as like when we had Joe on, like you talk to Joe and some of the things that Joe's done, I genuinely had no idea about because I hadn't been following right. him for that long. Um, but with that, one of the things that, that I know we spoke to David about, and it's something that I'm interested by as well, because I think that it's very easy to fall into this, but have you ever sort of got, I suppose James Bond fatigue with it, where you almost sort of sit there and go, "Fuck, you know, I've been doing this for eight months, I've had enough of this now," or you know, anything that goes with that. Um, I'd be lying if I said no. I mean, I I yeah. definitely have, but it's it's more so. I get it in the sense of, like, if you and I, you know, because there's there's been a few times when you and I have recorded two or three episodes in a week because of other yeah. people's schedules. And of course, we're so thankful to have these people on that, you know, say, we'll say like Chris Morales is like, I can do Monday. And then we say, Jocelyn, can you come on following Monday? She's like, no, but I can do this week. We're not going to be like, well, too bad. We're going to make it work yeah. because it's an honor to have these people on. So when you and I have done that, which has happened a couple times, and then you and I don't record for a few weeks, I kind of would get in a funk, but it's more so like the fatigue comes when like the day comes that we're supposed to record and you and I kind of like are like oh fuck that's right like we're supposed to record today but then it's like the second we start recording all that goes yeah. away you know what I mean and it's like yeah you know, 
it's like, but even today, like that, a lot of people posting about that Connolly linen shirt that came out like six months ago, I would have realized that that was only 50 pieces or whatever it is. But like I DM'd one of the guys and I was like, you know, I don't see it on the website. But he's like, oh, it's like limited. And then I was like, oh, this is what Lorenzo was talking about when he ordered it in September and he still hasn't gotten it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like it, maybe a little bit of my like uh, sharpness might be going away with like trying to hunt shit down and be like on top of everything. But at the same time, I think that's that's kind of a good thing because like I said, I'm not trying to run some rat race and be the first to post this or the first to buy this. So you know, I don't yeah, know if you heard Alexa in the background, like in the kitchen talking. I never said Alexa's <laughs> name. So, but yeah, so for me, it's, there's never really, I mean, I guess there's been a little bit of a fatigue. It's more of just like a, uh, like a hiatus type thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like when you and I are yeah, recording, I'm kind of like, I miss it, but it's like, it's nice, but then I'd rather be recording than not. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think for me, I know this interview is more about you, Luke, so I'm sorry I'm jumping in. And, oh, God, but, you. Yeah, I think for me, like, I'm I'm probably very similar, like, um, we've talked about this before. The podcast is like a second job sometimes, isn't it? Like, there's a lot yeah. that goes on with it. And that's not to say that I don't love doing it because this is genuinely, and we've talked about this, it's like a highlight of our week that we get to sit down with a mate who is the other side of the world who we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for this. Right. And we talk a lot during the week anyway, but for me, I think sometimes the Instagram is the one that I can sometimes just get a bit sick with. Like, right. especially at the moment, we've sort of talked about it, things that are going on in terms of my work life and stuff like that, that you almost sort of get to the point where you're like, I can't, I do not have like the brain space to think about what I'm going to post that's going to be interesting, that's going to be engaging i just don't have the time and i can't be bothered and right that's probably how it gets like for me sometimes but yeah with the podcast it's exactly that thing isn't it like you sit there and you're like yeah we'll record this day and you you know early morning for me you get up and then as soon as you jump on you think fuck i love doing this but right right you i mean that's, sort of get you know, that's thing, a good yeah. point that's a good point because even today so like like I said kind of earlier, we're recording this. It's December 23rd for me. It's Christmas Eve for you, but Christmas Eve early morning. And yeah. it's your last day of work before the holiday. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this guy's a trooper coming on here so early all the time. But it's like even even for you, like that's because you want to do it and because you love doing it. The one time I had to do that with um, Susie Vanner, like, but that was like yeah. 5.30, then it was 6, then it was 5.30, yeah. then it was 2 a.m., then 4 a.m., and 5 a.m., or whatever. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was just like waiting and waiting, and then I was like, all right, now I'm nervous. Then when she came on, I was like, wired, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah, want exactly. to be doing it. It's, well, of course, it's what I wanted to do, but but I understand that. I mean, one thing, too, that that to go back on your question, too, with the, uh, the fatigue is just sometimes, like, there's some drama in this community mm. and there doesn't need to be. And it's just shit like that. Like I didn't get involved for that. Like I'm not going to sit here and hate this person and like this person. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all share a common interest. We're all in different areas. Like literally Jason Kim is the only person in Michigan. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if there's somebody else in the community that hasn't said something or whatever, but it's like this community is big, but it's small and it's small mm. enough to where technically if you look at it from an Instagram or podcast standpoint, the only people in the entire world that represent the James Bond community 
in Michigan are Jason Kim and myself. So it's yeah. like, I never would have known Jason if it wasn't for this. And I've hung out with him several times, literally lives like 20 minutes away. This, that's why I got started in this. You and I wouldn't know each other or be doing this. The drama part, that is another thing that kind of can contribute to the fatigue. It's like, I don't care about that shit. I don't want anything to do with it. None of this. He said, she said, I said this, he said, I don't want any part of it. So when that stuff happens too, which is, it's kind of like hard to avoid it sometimes. That's yeah. when I'm kind of like, God, I just, ugh, you know, if that makes sense. 100%. It does. And I think that sort of with that, me and you are very lucky that we do this together and that we sort of found each other by a happy accident because I think we have a very similar mentality on that where something will be going on and me and you will just sit there and we'll go, oh, who cares? Let's right. just talk about James Bond. We are, we are very similar. And the thing is, like, yeah. I'm... I'm very, very non-confrontational person, but you may even be more non-confrontational because for everybody <laughs> listening, and if everybody, if there is anyone, because this might be the least listened to episode, they're like, we hear his voice every day. But like Jake and I will be recording and he'll have to leave to go to work. And then he'll text me like six hours later, apologizing for having to go to work. <laughs> like it's been bothering him all day. I'm like, Jake, honestly, like the only reason I even fucking responded to your text was because I'm a nice guy, but I want three months. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you are right. You and I luckily are uh, co-conspirators with the non-confrontational attitude. Yeah, 100%. I want to apologize for sending that text, but I'm not going to because that's just going to play into your fucking... Yeah, your like, have you ever seen... Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say School of Rock, but it's not. It's something else. Like, in School of Rock... His best friend always says sorry, but it's a different yeah. movie when someone tells them to stop saying sorry and then they apologize for saying sorry so much. They're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know what, I know what that is, and I can't think what that is, and that's going to bug the yeah. shit out of me. For the oh, it's you. Yeah. yeah. It's you. Yeah. Um, right. Let's keep flowing on. So we got to, I suppose, sort of talk about the podcast a bit and – I know that when you did start off, you sort of went down the YouTube route. What what was sort of the, the reason for going down YouTube? Was it mainly just that that's where you'd sort of seen other people do things? Or how did that sort of come around? And then from there, maybe give a bit of insight into how the podcast started. I won't ask too much because I was half of that reason. But, <laughs> yeah, how did that um, all sort of happen? Yeah, so the YouTube aspect um, – like when I first jumped into the community, Brian Levesque and Chris Morales were the two people that I got to know like right off the bat. And they both have the YouTube content. And then, of course, you know, like we've brought up 20 times already, David Zariski being like the godfather in this community was that's the only reason I knew who he was. Like if you I think he did like some co-writing or co-blogging for um, James Bond lifestyle, but. I more so gravitated towards his YouTube videos that were on there. That's how I found out who he was, was from that website. So I just kind of thought it was like, if you do anything else with your Instagram, it's YouTube. Um, like yeah. like um, Joe Darlington and like James Bond Complex and um, from Taylors With Love and all these different um, podcasts. I didn't even know they existed. No clue. I knew who Joe, Joe Darlington was, but I didn't know he did a podcast. I knew he had a book. So, and the thing is, I, I would have gone podcast immediately. Um, yeah. I think it was two things. It was number one, it didn't even cross my mind. 
And number two, I just didn't know that was something people were doing. I didn't know there was an audience for it, you know, and even if there wasn't an audience for my YouTube videos, it was just a way for me to get to know people. But that was very short lived. I interviewed Brian Levesque, the whole editing thing. He edited it for me. It's like, it's just a big process. This is, you know, it's much simpler. Like you and I have a great routine going on here. It's like, we can jump on here. There's no video. Video kind of makes it a little more complicated editing wise and copyright wise. So this is easier. But, um, as far as the podcast goes, this story has probably been told and people, people are going to be so pissed about us. talking. <laughs> I guess maybe we have talked about ourselves enough, but basically I decided that I kind of wanted to go the podcast route, but I put a poll out on Instagram, regardless of uh, spoiler alert. Even if people went 100% YouTube, I still would have been doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but basically, once I put that out, you had DM'd me, and I'm sure I f- we followed each other at the time. I would assume so. But um, do you want to know a funny story about that? Because I don't I think I've ever brought you? this one up. What's that? That was I not following you? Hold on. Jake's got music coming Where out of his earphone. Where's music coming from? <laughs> Wait a sec. I don't know what's going on it. I've never even heard that song before. What is this? Right, sorry. I don't know. I got these new headphones because I got drunk the other night and lost my AirPods. And um, I've got these like sheep things and they just keep connecting randomly to something. Sorry. Theme song? I don't know what it is, but yeah, funny story that I only realised the other day because I completely forgot about this, but do you remember when we first started following each other? Because I think I liked one of your pictures or something and you followed me and I think it was, you sort of started maybe a few months after me and there was like a big influx of new James Bond pages and I was just like, oh my God, what is going on here? And you uh, sent me a message and said, "Shall we follow each other?" Did I? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Literally says that. Should we follow each other? Yeah. You were like, "Let's word follow each word. other." Yeah. I'll I'll find it somewhere. But you were like, "Let's follow each other," and I was like, "Okay then." And then we never spoke again until a couple. Of... <laughs> I mean that. I guess that does give you a little bit of a insight of. Okay, this is gonna take forever to go back that far. I was like, cause I was like, Jake and I don't DM, we just text each other. But then every time we tag each other in something, so yeah, this is a holy shit. Let's see if I can find it. That's funny. So you must have liked one of my pictures and then didn't follow me back, you prick. Yeah, something like that. Oh, you know, I said, seeing if you deserved it. Eves. Um, no, I was, I was probably just really lazy. Um, Drunk. Christ. We have ta- tagged each other in a lot of things, haven't we? Um, yeah, and then I think, like you're saying, we um, yeah, just started talking. You put that on your poll, and here we are now. Almost. Yeah. What well, must be about six months or so that we've been going with this. Oh, I said thank you for the like. A follow back would be greatly appreciated. And then you didn't reply. Who's <laughs> the fucking dick? You said a follow back would be greatly appreciated. Oh, yeah. you you liked it. Yeah, and then I followed you. Next thing you know, yeah, but then next thing you know, June twenty second came and you hit five thousand followers, and I 
posted it and said, congrats, my friend. Then he said, thanks, mate. Hope everything is going well. And I said, you as well. <laughs> and then it, I don't know when it was, but it wasn't until I don't know when we started doing this. I don't know who fucking knows, but whatever. That's funny. <laughs> the, the start of a beautiful friendship in yeah. the weirdest way. It's like, please like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't really. So I'll just I'll throw a heart at you. I think um, I, it was interesting. Like we sort of look back on that and we're laughing now, but it's it's weird, isn't it? Like when you start off the Instagram account, I don't know how you found it, but I just had no idea what I was doing. Like who, how how were you meant to do it? Like, I had no idea what I was doing for the first two to three months. Do you know what I mean? Like, we sort of joke about that, and it's like, why wasn't I following you? Why I saw your page, I liked what you were doing, but you just didn't know what you were doing half the time. Like, you felt like there's this unspoken rules with Instagram that you just don't know what you're doing. Right, yeah. I mean, I even, I went through that phase where I was like, well, I need to have more followers and who I'm following. But then it's like, you know, like a prime example, and and I'll just call a spade a spade because I don't know if he even listens. But whoever it is that does the flooring of Bond, when that came out, I literally saw it. I was like, this is kind of fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was like, but he's got no followers and he's following a bunch of people. I was like, I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to follow him because who knows if he's going to be around or this and that. But then he kept popping up and I was like, this is honestly something that I want to follow. So I'm going to yeah. follow him. And it wasn't like, well, oh, like most people don't. So I'm not going to. That's kind of how I was at first, just because you're trying to like find a way to fit in or whatever. But then it's like, you know, then you find out that all these people are just regular people. They don't really most of the people in this community don't care about stuff like that. So why should I? Yeah, 100 percent. I think that's the thing, isn't it? But like I said, you almost you're in this like unwritten sort of role thing, like half business, half personal. It's. Right. It's neither here nor there. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're running it as a business account to actually, you know, make money from it, all that, it would be very different the way that you had to run that. But then at the same time, it's not a personal. Like it's it's weird. And I think, you know, we're always learning. Like I 100% believe that, that I still make mistakes with things that I do on there in terms of, you know, ways that I necessarily think about it and things right. that I, you know, think, might be interesting. I put something up there and go, "Wow, oh, that wasn't that wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be," and right, know, that sort of stuff. But so, what's my next question? See, a good point to that too is while you're thinking of the next question, one of the things I posted recently, and you'll probably remember because it got it was when I posted that tomorrow never die script, and then I yeah. said about how and i'll read it basically it was like when i was living in new york people will like sell scripts on the side of the road like i don't know why but they would do it so i'd always look for bond ones and then when i moved home i just found one online and printed it out and i would keep it like in my room like on the nightstand and i would you know i just posted on here i was like i don't know if people are going to think this is cool or this or that but I posted on there, got like a hundred likes and a bunch of people were commenting, asking like what websites, like David yeah. Zeritsky was like, this is a great idea. And I was like, you know what? When I posted that, I was like, people might think it's stupid. I was yeah. like, but I was like, you know, for me, of course, if you've got the, I mean, I printed it where I worked at the time, which was actually yeah. Volkswagen, but it was like, if you've got access to a printer that can print pages quickly and you're not like wasting someone's ink, like yeah. 
it's 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 free per se, but it's kind of a cool like little idea or like gift idea because yeah, you know, coffee table books are like huge. It's like the mm. in thing, you know, and like these Omega ones, like the ones that Lorenzo sent me and the one I picked up for the boutique, they're like 200 pages are like this thick. They're like we can only give you one, but like having the script and like let it get beat up, like let it look like shit. It doesn't need to be pristine. Spill something on it, whatever. Like then it looks like it's an actual script that somebody used. I thought it was kind of a cool idea. You know, you need to you need to go back to that Omega place and get me one of those magazines because they're not coming out here till April. They didn't. My boutique didn't have them. I only got it because well, Lorenzo sent it to me. And again, I'll have to go don't, find. Don't mind somewhere. the fact Jesus. that you know we've spent a bunch of money at that place, and they should just you know. And I did. Yeah. You can go on the website and and request a catalog. I did that, and I have yet to receive that one as well. Because um, where was it? Um. What was I gonna say? I saw on eBay that someone was selling one for like two hundred dollars. A free magazine, like. Did it say Omega Bond watches? They they were selling it. No one was buying it. Um, uh, there's two different things, but. Right. So, we've obviously sort of talked about you know how you got started and things like that, and this is another question that I love asking because I know that everyone's very different with how they approach it in terms of the crossover between the Bond world and their personal life and mm. how that sort of works. But how did your sort of friends and family and, you know, people close to you, I suppose react is the wrong word, but that sort of, you know, how did they embrace it with you and, you know, they take the piss and then were they supportive? How did it sort of work for you? Well, I'll start with, I'll start with Brienne, my girlfriend. So of course, you know, her and I were living, or we are, we do live together, but even at the time when this podcast started and the Instagram, we were living together. And 100%, there's never been a point when she hasn't been, even if she doesn't know anything about James Bond or, you know, whatever the case may be, like whenever I'm in here doing the podcast, she doesn't come in and give me shit about the dishwasher or something. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. she's been great. And then I think... The next people in my life to find out were actually my sister and my nieces in Canada. And that was an accident because, I mean, for me, it's like just to get started in this was kind of a leap of faith and out of my comfort zone a little. And then, of course, the podcast was the same thing. Thankfully, like having a co-host as yourself, it's not as scary because it's not just me alone. But I accidentally liked one of my niece's comments on my girlfriend's Instagram with the Bonds and apartment You're using page. the wrong account, weren't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. now that we've got three <laughs> with our yeah. one instrument's actual page, it's so bad. Like, I'll be, like, looking up bitches. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was for Brienne. That was for Brienne. What's going on here? <laughs> Brienne. Yeah, and log on. Jake's, like, all, just, like, all these, like, <laughs> half-naked women. Um, no, so... I accidentally did that, and then next thing you know, my nieces, both nieces started following me, and then my sister started following me, and they live in Canada, and um, my sister was like, you have a podcast? And I was like, oh, shit. And, like, in fairness to my sister, she's got two girls, Amelia and Sophia, shout out to them, but um, they're older now, like, Amelia, I think, is 16, and Sophia is probably 13 or 14, but... When they were being raised, you know, my sister didn't swear around them and stuff like that. So 
just like as the uncle and they're still kids. Like yeah. I never really, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm Italian. They're not. So I'll like let it fly every now and then. But when my sister found out about the, the podcast, the first thing I said, I was like, well, just so you know, like we swear a lot. Yeah. And she's like, doesn't bother me. And I was like, okay, cool. And now they listen to it all the time. Our podcast was her top podcast on Spotify. She sent me that, you know, like I'll tell them, like I shout you guys out in this episode or when we had um, Taylor Schuld on here, I was like, listen to this one because he's in Toronto and he might yeah. know my sister's sister-in-law who works at the Hall of Fame, all these different things. So everybody in my life has been supportive of it. And um, I will say my girlfriend has told some of her friends and usually when they um, find out about it, they're kind of like, oh, like I didn't know you had so much interest and blah, blah, blah. And then to try to make it sound cool, I'm like, well, Duralex sent me a bunch of free glasses. So maybe if you guys uh, start a page, you get free shit. Not like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. I'm like, yeah, it's not dorky anymore, is it? Bitch. No, I think that's so cool more than anything. Like that your, your nieces and that can almost listen to you. Like I've got an extremely small family. I don't even have any nieces or nephews or anything. So I, different sort of for me, I suppose. But they can almost listen to you and see their uncle in a bit of a different light. Do you know what I mean? Like, have that, you know, you've got an interest, but I think that we, we've always aimed to keep the podcasters, two mates talking and just talking about something that we're both passionate about, um, that we've been lucky because we are friends as well. Like that's plain and simple of it. But I think that's really nice that they're able to actually listen to that and almost hear their uncle right. in a bit of a different light as well. I mean, I've, I've thought about that and I've, I've, thought about that exact thing multiple times and and i'm glad that that's something we can kind of connect with with myself and my family in canada that i don't get to see i mean because we're talking when i was a kid my sister would come over maybe once a month and stay with us and then once she got married and had kids then even once she had when when amelia was born and she would come over it would be still pretty much once a month, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, just because you have a new baby and whatever. But it's like, these are people I see all the time, even though they live in a different country. I mean, they're only an hour and a half away, but they don't come here for like the day. They'll yeah. come stay the weekend, three, four days. And every time they leave, I don't want them to leave. Especially when I was younger, like I would leave and they'd, I'd have to go to school. And by the time I come home from school, they're not there. Or I would yeah. come home from school on the day they're coming and I would like rush home to see them. You know, it's like now I have literally haven't seen them in over a year at this point. And mm -hmm. Brienne hasn't even met my sister in person. They have a great relationship already. They text and stuff and we FaceTime, but they haven't even met each other in person. I mean, it's like it's shitty, but this yeah. is one way that I can still, you know, it's just something different to add to our relationship. They can listen to me. I mean, they when they first found out about it, they thought it was so cool. And I was like, I'm glad you think it's cool. I'm glad you don't think it's stupid. They think yeah. I'm basically famous <laughs> yeah awesome. well you, you basically are in, exactly in little right there aren't you like yeah exactly yeah that's why you do the intros because you're the famous one um <laughs> so we're obviously we're running on time a little bit as well but i've just got a few more a few more questions i've got one more i suppose that's a bit more personal to you and then a couple of the almost a bit more generic bond ones that i still like to get your your feelings on but Outside of Bond, you know, I think we've all got our own hobbies and things like that. And I know that, gosh, we're bringing him up a lot, aren't we? But David talked about, you know, that collector sort of mentality and mm -hmm. 
almost not the obsessive but you know the when you find something you can really latch onto it and we we obviously have bond um is there anything outside of sort of bond that you think you could ever sort of be as passionate about that you'd go off and do a podcast once a week as um, well well i mean first off everybody because of my name has told me that they're my father at some point in time because of star yeah. wars and we're yeah. talking like girlfriend's parents not brianne's dad but like ex-girlfriend's parents like could you imagine dating a girl meeting her parents and the dad says i'm your father i'm like i certainly hope not you know yeah, what i mean because that uh, is illegal yes yes <laughs> <laughs> in every country i think but um i was always obsessed with star wars as a kid similar to david God, we, this, we should just name this podcast the David Podcast or the David yeah. Zeritz Chronicles. <laughs> um, Basically, after every video he does, we do a review of his review. Just like, oh my God, did you see David how looks he opened so that box? handsome in that video? <laughs> looks like he's gotten even thinner. Um, <laughs> but no, so I was obsessed with Star Wars as a kid. My brother got me introduced to Star Wars. He, along with my sister, they're my half brother and sister, so they're much older than I am. Not much older, 15 years ish. Um, but my brother got me started into star Wars. I was obsessed with them as a kid. And then of course, when one, two and three came out, the obsession grew. Like I know ton about star Wars, but then, you know, in like, I feel like um, a lot of people when seven, eight, nine came out, they were not that great. So I didn't mind seven, but eight and nine, you know, for me, it was just like, as, as a younger kid, like, when one, two, and three came out, you're you're just dying for more content. Like you want to see a Jedi doing this. Like you want to see this happening. Like you want to see these planets, this adventure, this that. So when seven, eight, nine came out, like you're you like them simply because there's more content. But then when you really look at them story wise, they're not any good. And then like Mandalorian is the greatest TV show ever. It's so fucking good. But there was a point in time when I collected so. In the 70s and 80s, a company called Kenner did the toys for Star Wars. And then when I was a kid, it was Hasbro. And then I think like 2009 or 10, Hasbro either bought Kenner or teamed up with Kenner or something. And then they started this collection called the Vintage Collection, which is basically like new and improved version of all the vintage toys. And I've collected a lot of those. I mean, there's too many to keep up with, but I probably have like 15 of the ships and 20 to 30 of the action figures, which unfortunately are all in boxes. But that would be maybe something that I could I could do a podcast about. But I don't think it'd be as frequent as this one, which is kind of surprising because there's probably way more content with Star Wars. But that would be my my other hobby, I guess, that I could talk about. I think Star Wars is is an interesting one because, like you said, there is just so much content with it. Like, I, I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'll sort of put that out there that I liked it as a kid and past that, I just sort of dropped off it a little bit. Just It's one of those things that I think if you don't pay attention to, it's, it's difficult to dip in and out of. Like, you have to like Star Wars and be following it because, like... The Mandalorian came out, and I know that a lot of my friends who are into that sort of stuff absolutely loved it, went on about it. I still haven't seen it. Like, I, I just, you know, feel like 
I wouldn't understand what's going on enough that I haven't watched it, but it seems like with them, their spin-off way that they've done it, they've actually done it really well. Like we talked about on the James Bond complex, how we would structure James Bond if we were in control. And it's basically like a carbon copy of almost like what Star Wars has done. It's like release these actually good games, release spin-off series that actually make sense that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, it wasn't, uh, once again, I'm going to show you that I don't know anything about it, but it wasn't just like Luke Skywalker goes off and does this and Luke Skywalker goes and does that. And it was just another spin-off series. It was like, let's go into a whole new area of that. The same as like what Harry Potter did with those other Fantastic films. Once again, not Harry yeah. Potter film. Yeah, that's it. Like they took a small part of that and then developed it and created more content behind it. Do you think James Bond should do that? Or do you think it should just stay pure how it is oh, at the moment? Man. That's a tough one. I mean, because when it comes to Star Wars, Mandalorian has made me kind of fall in love with Star Wars all over again. Because yeah. we're talking, as a kid, like I had the lightsabers, I had the toys, I had the Legos. I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. But then as you get older and you grow the fuck up, you stop caring as much. Then when the vintage collection came out, I was like, this is something I could collect because they're, they were just too nice to pass up. And, they're, and yeah. they're, they weren't like millions of dollars. Like hmm. like the land speeder from episode four, for example, was like $20 at Target. Now it's probably yeah. 80 or something on eBay. But it's like with Mandalorian and I mean, when the thing is here, this is a good example. Mandalorian's phenomenal, and like I said, it's making me like Star Wars again, all over again. But they just released a statement of like 10 new Star Wars things coming out. There's like an Obi-Wan yeah. show. There's like one that's basically going to be like the Rebel Alliance, like going around like cops. It's going to be like NYPD Blue, but like with Star Wars. It's like all this. I was like, okay, it's bound to get a little oversaturated. And yeah. for James Bond, they've never done that ever like i think there's like the young bond or whatever teenage yeah. bond or whatever it is but it's like other than that they've never done it and that to me just doesn't even exist just because it's not on the level like mandalorian or something like a spin-off level but i don't know i i would i would just prefer that they don't i don't know i yeah. don't know if it's just me i just really think they shouldn't i mean they've like the thing is they're a huge franchise but, like, they really don't have their shit together, and they haven't for as long as I can remember. Like, I actually just watched a, a little documentary on, like, Timothy Dalton and all these guys. Like, first Roger Moore was supposed to leave, and it was going to be, like, uh, James Brolin or something. Mm -hmm. And they basically offered him the part, and then Roger Moore was like, fuck that, I want to keep doing it. And then they asked Timothy Dalton to do it. He's like, oh, I'm too young at one point in time, like, before Roger Moore or whatever. And then it's like... Everybody's got the idea that George Lazenby had this huge issue with a bunch of people, but apparently his manager was like, the Bond era is over, so turned down. He got offered like a six-movie deal, and he said no, then became irrelevant. It's like they're, the James Bond franchise is riddled with like drama and like delays, as we see, but it's like there's just delays in general. It'll take them probably to – like if they announce if, – if No Time to Die comes out in April – and then they wait till like December to announce the next James Bond. Like, it'll probably be like 2025, 20, 26 before we see a new film. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if they were to come out with a spinoff, it'd probably be either rushed and shitty 
or it would take forever to see. Like nothing's worse than like a spinoff coming out. Like a prime example is the show Luther, which I you had to have seen. Yeah, yeah. Luther, once Idris Elba got like really famous, they'll come out with a season that'll take like six years to release, and it'll be two episodes. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. wants to see that. So if it's, yeah. I just feel like they don't have the like stability and structure to do some sort of spinoff. Not yet, at least, in my opinion. And I think it's frustrating, isn't it? Like because there's almost not a bad James Bond film. Like, as much as we can rank them and have, you know, whatever at the bottom and things like that, in the grand scheme of things, there's not a bad James Bond film. So it's frustrating that every time they go out and they make a good film, but it's just the process to get that good film into the cinema can be a bit of a nightmare. And, yeah, I agree. I think, like, you know, there was that talk of doing a a Jinx spin-off from Die Another Day and stuff like that, and it's like just get this sorted get a film right. coming out every three years and then right once we've got that you know See, to piggyback off the jinx thing and i'll i just told this to i was on the phone with my cousin we we're talking about mandalorian because even at the end of mandalorian like i won't spoil anything but probably every star wars dream happens at the end of the second season of mandalorian then after the end credit scene, they tease a Boba Fett spinoff. I'm like, you have a show called Mandalorian, which is the species Boba Fett is, and now you're gonna make another show about Mandalorians, but centered around Boba Fett. That'd be like yeah. me calling like a show like Stormtroopers after all this. You know, it's just like we yeah. already we already have a show about that, but it's mm-hmm. like one of the shows they're releasing is about. Um, one of the characters in Rogue One, who's Cassian Andor, who is played by people here, Diego Luna, okay? Yeah. Diego Luna is the type of actor who wins Oscars. He's not like mm-hmm. a, you know, he's like a very good actor. He picks and chooses his roles very well. He's one of those, like, type of actors. Mm-hmm. If this spinoff is not good he's not going to stick around season after season they'll get one season yeah. and it'll suck so it's like why even waste your time because the chances mm-hmm. are it's not going to be that good so like yeah. for somebody like to do a jinx spinoff although Halle Berry has done some shitty fucking movies her, her management yeah. right her management they'll be like okay the script's great let's do it but then they're like all right well let's lock her in for season one two and three they're like, well, the script, you got Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, Robert Wade writing the script for this, this spinoff, let's do it. Then it doesn't get well received and it sucks. Then she dips out of the contract and all those bad blood and this, that. For what? You just basically yeah. just gave us six episodes of something that you're not going to finish. And you, you left us with this cliffhanger that's just never going to come of anything. Like, don't waste your time. Like, I think one thing that they did do well, and I... I haven't seen it and I feel guilty for not seeing it because of who it's made by, but Eon went off and made the rhythm section as well, uh-huh. which, you know, it's not James Bond, but it almost is, right? You know, it's right. the same sort of formula to it, but that's fine. Like if you want to go off and you want to do some other things like that and you want to have like the female lead in something and you want to do it slightly differently, that's a really good way to do it, that you can still make those films and do that. Right. You don't have to tamper with Bond. Like, that's probably may sound like an extreme purist with it, but that's probably just how I feel with it. If you're going to go and do it, go and right. sort of flex your creative muscles elsewhere. 
and just yeah. get a film out every three years and people will be happy and you'll right. make lots of money. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I suppose the we are yeah I said we're running long on time and then I just we went off and spoke for <laughs> half now. Um, so I've got two more questions. This is one that you always ask, and I, I always like this question, and I'm sure that you've probably answered it in a few different sort of ways and, and roundabout, but what is your fondest and first James Bond memory? So two sort of questions there. So the first memory, and I think I did touch on this, was my dad came home one day from work, and I was obviously very young, and he was like, after dinner, I'm going to take you to Toys R Us. We're going to get this video game thing. I had no idea what it was. None of my friends had it. He took me to Toys R Us. I mean, this was when Toys R Us was in its glory days. And yeah. um, there was just like this huge Nintendo spread, all these games. So I bought Nintendo and I got Star Wars Shadows of the Empire and like Mario Kart or something. And then eventually, I can't remember who or how. But somebody turned me on to GoldenEye 64, and then I used to rent it all the time. And then, like, I would, like, trick my grandma into renting it for me, and I'd have it for, like, a week. And then I would, like, be with – but I'd be with my grandma for, like, a night. Like, my parents would be, like, at a Wings game late, and I'd sleep at my grandparents' house. So I'd, I'd trick my grandma – rest in peace. I would trick, trick my grandma into renting GoldenEye. I'd play the shit out of it. I'd go back home. And then my mom be like, God damn it. And she would take it and put it like on the, she put it back in this little thing and put it on the fridge. Well, I would just climb on the cabinets and grab it and keep playing it. And then eventually she just stopped caring. And then I had it. But that's my first bond associated memory. And my fondest bond memory. Oh man. Um, I would say this is like, I'd have to really think about it. And I know we don't have the time, but just to kind of give you like a something I always think of is just one day it kind of hit me to just start watching. I think we talked about it with Harris. It was like those Spike TV bond marathons we had here in the States. But um, I just started watching like the Roger Moore, Sean Connery films like around Christmas time. And it yeah. was just kind of like, you know, I'd be and I was younger at the time. So I'd be like in my parents house, all the blinds would are open. It was snowing and I just had one of the old films on, I don't know, something like that. It's just something I try to do every year around Christmas time. To me, that's probably my fondest. Unfortunately, I haven't had the experience to travel with this community or go see any of those things yet. But uh, I'm sure when that happens, that'll maybe take the number one spot. But that's what it is for now. Hopefully soon. Hopefully the world, you know. Yeah. We won't go into this too much, but vaccines and all of that. Hopefully, you know, the next couple of years things can get back to normal. And I know that we've talked about it. You know, it's that's all that you really want, isn't it? As a community like this, is to be able to go and watch a film together. Like that's as, right. You know where and how that is. TBC, but that yep. that's the dream, isn't it? Like that's what we do it for is the the friendships that create in it. So no, that's great. Well. My last question, and it's one that's sort of, you know, relevant with hopefully April coming up, which is creeping up on us somehow. We're already in December, so we've only got a few more months mm -hmm. if it happens. What's your hopes for No Time to Die? 
how are you sort of feeling about it and you know what do you want to see in it and what's going to make it worth the wait for you um i mean it's difficult because most people people don't like specter i didn't mind it because i look at it from many points of view you know yeah. i look at it first like i said i think leia sadu is beautiful so she's terrible to look at for two hours and the watches the cars the clothes you know for me it's like i'm one of those weird people that in a bond film and daniel craig has been on record saying that bond is hard to play because he doesn't talk very much so yeah. all of your acting is done with your eyes and your movements and this and that but i'm one of those people like in the bond films like i like the dialogue scenes like i like the story yeah. more than the car chases i don't know what it mm -hmm. is but for me from what we've seen, I already know it's going to be pretty damn good. As far as yeah. what we don't know, like, I'm, I'm still haven't decided if I want him to die or not. I just think that would be a little strange. Yeah. Um, maybe if they pull, like, a Christopher Nolan type thing mm -hmm. and find a yeah. way to make people think he died. But not, like, to Christopher Nolan. Like, reveal that he didn't die. But yeah, he is, but, like, yeah. finally yeah. able to be, like, at peace and done with it so that when the yeah. new person comes in, he's still James Bond, but he's younger, and you can you can really just close that chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, none of this this never happened to the other fellow shit. None of that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that, one thing about that that I'm really excited about, that I think that this is probably one of the first times that we're really going to have it where it's like the actor has said, this is the last time I'm doing it. It's a good relationship. They've right. all gone well. It's got to that point where they can write for that, that he's not doing another one. There's right. none of this Pierce Brosnan getting a call saying, sorry, mate, you're not doing another one. It's mm -hmm. none of that sort of stuff. It's the first time really where it's been like, this is the last one. We can close off your chapter with your consent because you don't want to do it again. Right. Like, I think if they don't make the most of that, that would be disappointing. Right, and I think Daniel Craig will probably be an executive producer for the foreseeable future. Yeah, on these films, but but yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it'll be. I do think it's going to be emotional, and mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like <laughs> like this is going to sound ridiculous, and then we can wrap it up because it's a tangent. But like, and you'll probably be familiar with this, but the Bee Gees, uh documentary that came out like i knew like i i like the bgs i mean i'm a fan more so because my parents and my aunts and uncles and stuff but yeah. like i knew the story i knew that there was four brothers i knew three of them were the bgs and i knew the other one was solo but i didn't know that he really sang i knew that he was like into drugs but i didn't know how he died i knew one of them died from like a botched surgery i didn't remember how the other one died but then it's like you find out there was four of them They've they've literally passed away from youngest to oldest. Barry Gibbs still being alive, staying alive, yeah. if you will. But um, you know, but it's like for me, it's like then you find out like when they got famous, they basically started living separate lives. Once two of the four were dead, the remaining two didn't even speak to each other. You know, mm -hmm. and then it's like at the very end, he says something along the lines of because he's you know alive and they filmed his portion in like 2019. And you see just like they were all worth like individually like 80 to 90 million a piece. So it's like he says something along the lines of like, um, 
I would I would give up all the hits to have my brothers back. You yeah. know, and it's like this is a sad story. Like it's really sad. But at the end of the day, you got to be like, you know what, though, like they lived a good life, blah, blah, blah. But it's like I'm the type of person where like that bugs the shit out of me. Like I want it to end differently. So it's yeah. like I know it's different, but it's like if this film comes out and they really plan it as being his last one and they make all this sad shit happen, like if Leia Sadu dies and it's just like Bond and their kid or like yeah. he dies and it's her and their kid or that's not a kid or whatever. It is, like I don't need them to end it on some super sad note because that'll bug the shit out of me for a long time. That's my yeah. one thing, I think. If I had to pick one thing, don't end it on some note where we're all going to be depressed because Daniel Craig's not coming back. And then you take yeah. that and make it even worse by killing him or something. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think that making it depressing for the sake of making it depressing, why bother? Like, we don't go to James Bond films to have that emotion. Like, that's that's what going to see a film is, isn't it? It's to create an emotion by someone. And that's not the emotion that's related with James Bond. And I don't know, like, I... I can imagine him doing it because just the way that the Daniel Craig era has gone with the very dark and brooding and the revenge and that sort of stuff, I can imagine them doing it. But right. I agree, I hope. I hope they don't. Like, I think there's better ways they could. Yeah, they just could don't pull up. a La La Land. If you La La Land me, motherfucker, I'll be pissed. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't well, do it. Like, I showed Brienne La La Land. She's like, this movie's great. And she's like, that's the shittiest ending I've ever seen. I was like, well, there you go. Still haven't seen that film. I don't know why I haven't seen half these films. I feel like I need to go back and do some research. But, yeah, I think um, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you very much for coming on, on the podcast today, Luke. It was good to, <laughs> good, good to meet you. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, but... No, it's good. I think with all these sorts of things, you know, like we said, we talk a lot. We probably know most of these things anyway, but, you know, we don't explicitly sort of say them a lot of the times and our little stories sometimes come out when we're talking to guests, but I mm-hmm. think it's always good for, and, you know, I hope everyone enjoys getting to know a bit more about you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the questions. And next week will be your turn. And then, like we said, we will... uh go back to our regular regularly scheduled podcast yeah 100 percent. try and come up with some more content because <laughs> <Yeah>. we're just <laughs> lacking which we're not okay no, trust wait we have more than enough shit to talk yeah. about like when he said it's a second job he's not kidding sometimes it's like holy shit <laughs> no nice well i suppose i'll do the outro as well shouldn't i I did the intro. Yeah? Alright, I'll keep this one short. Thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) See you next week. See ya.
The name's Bond. James Bond. 